And I have changed the tagline. Why the fuck are you still listening to this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Hey, Did You Ever See That Movie? I'm your host, Dez, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lynn. Hey, how's it going? And joining us again, the podcaster with a degree in terror, <laughs> Tony. That's my line. I stole it. <laughs> I had to have a quote. I took yours. <laughs> Hi. All right. Tonight, we will be discussing the 1986 homoerotic thriller, The Hitcher, written by Eric Red and directed by Robert Harmon, starring the great, late Rutger Hauer. Wait, See, is Rutger Hauer dead? Yes, oh, yeah. he is. I didn't know that. See yeah. Thomas Howell and Jennifer Jason Lee. Disco sucks. As always, <laughs> this podcast will contain spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it, then come back and Don't listen bother. to the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into the Fast Five. I've got a good one. I think you're going to enjoy this, Tony. I wrote this one specifically for you. All right. It is... Horror movie premieres in time. That's in time. So you will get one seat between the writer and the director and a ride back in time to the movie premiere in a DeLorean time machine. You just have to pick which ticket you're going to take. Number one, The Exorcist 1973 or The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 1974. Tony, which ticket are you taking? Oh, that's rough, dude. <laughs> um, I just watched The Exorcist 4K literally two nights ago, so I'm going to have to go that. I have so many questions for, unfortunately, now deceased Friedkin. But, but yeah, he, I gotta go he that. wouldn't be deceased because you have a time right. <laughs> I would okay. definitely go that because the man is so angry. I, <laughs> I just listen to any interview. He's just pissed off all the time. I want to do that. Okay. To- Toby Hooper just like, eh, yeah, we made a hot movie in the heat. It was all right. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Pass the popcorn, Tony. Yeah. Uh, Delyn, where are you going? Uh, the Exorcist for sure. The Exorcist for sure. Okay. Number two, Friday the 13th, 1980, or Halloween 1978. Tony, where are you going? Easy, Halloween. I'd hang with Carpenter any day of the week. Okay. Um, it, but, but remember, you could skip next door and probably see Star Wars. No, no. Uh, Dylan, where are you going? Uh, the same. same. Okay, 19. <laughs> Number three, Kerry, 1976, or Ooh. Cujo, 1983? Oh, that's not even a fucking question. Fuck Cujo. I want to hang okay. with De Palma for, for Kerry. That'd be great. <laughs> De Palma and King in the same place at the same time? Yes, please. Okay, Dylan? Yeah, same. I... <laughs> Cujo bums me out because it's a poor, the poor dog. I feel bad. Yeah, me it's too. It's that Frankenstein theory, yeah. Exactly. When he rams his head into the door, I'm like, no, buddy, let me get you a biscuit. <laughs> uh, I already know where everyone's going with this one, but we'll run it out anyway. The Thing, 1982 or Alien, 1979. Tony, where are you going? See, I've already hung with Carpenter for Halloween, so I'm going to go I'm gonna go Alien because mm. that – that is such a landmark movie that did so much for 
for for female leads for science fiction. And you know, Geiger is going to be in the audience too. So I'm going to hang with Geiger as well. So there's no way I'm going to miss that. Okay. If you throw Sigourney Weaver in, I'm going there. Okay. Well, last, last week on um, breaking vinyl, I had uh, the same basic idea, but it was a concert and it was uh, Guns N' Roses appetite or Aerosmith toys in the attic. And I actually saw Guns N' Roses appetite at the Orpheum. So I chose Aerosmith. See, I, I saw I saw guns at the Paradise. Ah, I remember good story. Good story. So I definitely go to toys in the attic. That'd be great. Huh? Yes, you you Sorry. told that one. Uh, <laughs> you told that story on the Airheads episode. Yeah. So if anybody would like to hear Tony's appetite for destruction story, go listen to Airheads. <laughs> it's a good one. It's worth the re-listen. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Um. And with a budget of $7.9 million and a whopping box office return of $5.8 million, this was considered a kick in the nuts. And it's it's amazing that he ever worked again. But it is a, maybe not a huge cult classic, but it has a very, um, people that love it, love it. And people that know it's great, like myself, know it's great. Um... All right, let's do some quick opening thoughts on this. So, for me, I love this movie. I mean, it's Rucker Howard, and I'm a huge fan. And short of his performance in Blade Runner, this is one of my favorite Rucker Howard performances. He's so charming. He's so creepy. He's so violent and ruthless, but still has heart. I mean, he's covering all the bases in this, and I really, really like it. Um, Yeah. So I love this one. Tony, what are your memories or have you even seen this movie before preparing for the podcast? I have not seen. This is one of the few movies from the 80s I have not seen. And I just, it never appealed to me. I'm like, how are they going to keep this going for 90 minutes? And I still don't have that answer after watching it. It just, it really didn't <laughs> it never hold stopped. my interest. How could it, it never not? It never fucking started, dude, but we'll get into that in a minute. Oh, which it is, never started? It started 11 you know, minutes after it started. It never stopped. All right. Well, all right. We'll just, just breathe. Okay. So we'll get, <laughs> we'll get there. I, I couldn't feel... disagree with you anymore. Delin, what are your thoughts? Have you seen this movie before preparing for the podcast? Uh, I have only seen this movie once before when you forced me to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. Oh, you fucking magoo. You fucking Magoo. Oh my God. What's not to like here? Okay. It's a bummer. Oh, it's it's, it's a, bummer. a bummer. It makes no, there's no logic to this movie. I know I'm asking for logic from an 80s horror movie. I know I'm stupid to even start with this. No, but, but it's a movie based on bad decisions. The whole yeah. movie is a oh, big God, bad yeah. decision. Keep like, driving. That's every, that's every you, horror movie. Thank you. You were in charge of someone else's car. I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves. We haven't put the theme down yet, but you're in charge okay. of someone else's car. Drive, drive the fucking car. You want to yeah. stay awake? All right, you escaped him. Keep driving. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. Don't put your faith in anybody else. Now, first of all, I remember C. Thomas Alice having a masculine voice. I apparently was really wrong because he does not. Hey, he's a he's a soft boy. Oh, he's a he's a wicked lady boy. Apparently, when this came out, a lot of the critics saw it immediately. They were saying this is a homoerotic movie, and they were putting one and one together all over this movie, and. um yeah, I listened to a bunch of different podcasts and a lot of people identified it as that. And I listened to this one pa- podcast in particular and it's um, it's two gay guys that do the movie review podcast. I know who you're talking about. I know those two guys. They're actually good. Yeah, they're great. 
Yeah, they're great. I really enjoyed their um, their breakdown of this movie. But if you want to hear two guys like really peel the onion on how gay this movie is, go listen to that because these guys like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's crazy yeah. how deep they go, how deep they dive into it. Very interesting. So I checked that out. I, I wish I had the name of their show. I don't, but. Okay, um, Dylan, will you give us... Oh, I'll give you the synopsis since I've been... So the listeners know I have been fired. I am no longer going to be allowed to read the scene breakdowns. I, I went too far last week. Um, you uh, they don't understand. It. Yeah, they don't understand that you spent hours replacing yes. all of your readings because they were yes. so bad live. I spent my Christmas vacation rereading and editing the entire podcast so it would sound like I did it all live because I went absolutely crazy. Um, okay. A young man transporting a car to another state is stalked along the road by a cunning and relentless serial killer who eventually frames the driver for a string of murders. Chased by police and shadowed by the killer, the driver's only help comes from a truck shop waitress. Oh, you guys are missing out on my reading. I can already feel it. Everyone's home like, no. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, let's get into it. All right. Jim Halsey, a young man delivering a car from Chicago to San Diego, spots a man hitchhiking and gives him a ride. The man, giving his name as John Ryder, is a brooding, soft-spoken man. When Jim passes a stranded car, however, Ryder's personality suddenly shifts. Ryder calmly states that the reason the car is stranded is because he murdered and mutilated the driver, and he intends to do the same to Jim. Ryder produces a switchblade knife and taunts Jim for several moments before Jim realizes Ryder never put on his seatbelt and that the passenger door isn't fully closed and knocks him out of the car. I love this because... Um, to me, it's hilarious how uh, Ryder gets in and he's, I'm wet and I'm getting your car wet. Oh, it's not my car. Like, I'm getting your car all wet. Then there's a close up on his face and the dripping on his wet lips. And uh, the opening scene with the, you know, the like the nighttime around him and the the rain is coming and he's falling asleep. And it's like, I've done that. Like you're driving late at night and you're doing the thing and you're falling asleep. But you get the cool foreshadowing with the, the Volkswagen Beetle going around him. And, yeah. you know, I immediately am like, mm-hmm, that's where we're coming. And sure enough, that's what happens. So what I love about the intro of this movie is so immediately you get him driving the car. It's it's nighttime. He's in the middle of nowhere. And it's almost like the director's trying to lull me into a false sense of, like, comfort. Like, I'm always actually getting a little sleepy watching this. And then... The rain comes and rain puts me to sleep like a baby. I'm like, like, I'm getting so relaxed now. And then all of a sudden he falls asleep almost head on with a Mack truck and we're off and running. And the movie never stops. This is the fastest 90 minute movie I ever watched. I look up and I'm like, it's over. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't over. <laughs> there was still another five minutes where I don't even know what the fuck they were thinking when they wrote this, but we'll get to it. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this opening scene is, it's terrifying because you, first of all, um, Thomas C. Howell could not have looked any more like a boy next to Rutger Hauer with his man hands and his giant head and his demented <laughs> blank stare. And well, are you going to tell me where you're going? He keeps, and it, it's so uncomfortable and it's so scary. So. 
And you could just imagine if you had ever made the mistake of letting a man like this into your car and realizing, oh, fuck, there is nothing I could do to protect myself against this man. How about when he pulls up to the to the uh, construction site and he's like, uh, Indiana, where in India? And then it's like, it's like, dude, I would jump out of the car and be like, that guy's got a knife and he's trying to hurt me. Like, yeah, he's like, no, I'm just going to stay the it's course. A, it's a stiletto. It's a stiletto. Cause it, cause if he hit the button, it would have went right into his his jump. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, so that's it, it, it would have he would have bled out in a matter of minutes. He can't. I, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, all right, you can get out of this, but like, ooh, that's that's not so good. Yeah, I, go ahead, Tony. The, the first ten minutes are probably the, the, my favorite of the whole movie because again, you're right. Um, beautiful shots of the landscape of showing the desolation. I mean, I've tried. It, and the funny, all right. Here's my one bitch about the first ten minutes. All right, you're in Texas. They say you're in Texas. Great. How? What fucking route are you taking from Chicago to San Diego through Texas? <laughs> that's a that's a fucking U-turn you shouldn't have taken because yeah. you could just stay north and go to Nebraska. Anyway, that's my own little bitch there. I've traveled Texas. I've gone. Eight, I've driven eight hours and still been in Texas. So I wow. know those back roads. So it's it's an it's an amazing state for desolation and for like if I run out of gas, I'm fucked. No one's gonna find me for days. And that fear got me right off the bat. How he, you know, the, the sun sets and then the darkness and the rain you can't see. And then he picked and just the, the silhouette through the rain soaked windshield. So well done. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I have high hopes, high hopes. Rucker Howard gets in, being Rucker Howard, who's a badass in every movie he's ever in. Mm-hmm. Even when he's being a nice guy, you still, there's something unnerving about his stare. 100%. Ice blue eyes. It's like in Lady Hockey, you're supposed to do the romantic lead, but the, he, you still know he's a fucking he's badass. Yeah. It's, he's, he's bothersome. So, I mean, he's a great actor. That's the reason I was most looking forward to watching the movies because everyone was like, Rucker Howe, Rucker Howe. I'm like, all right. I was on board for Rucker Howe the whole way. It just gave him dick to do with. After this intro scene, he just stares, shoots, and smiles the rest of the movie. He does it well. He is the high point of this movie. Aside from my unhealthy obsession with Jennifer Jason Lee, but we'll touch on that a little bit. <laughs> Hottest she's been in any movie ever. Um, it's just, see Thomas Howell, just, he, I, I didn't buy him. I didn't like him in this movie. I can't wait to do the recasting couch. I just, it could have been such a different movie with a, with a different lead. Yeah. And I, I feel agree. that he, he ruined the movie. I didn't, the reason I didn't watch this, like I said, going into it is like, there's no way they're going to hold me for 90 minutes. And they didn't. Because he just kept making stupid decision after stupid decision, stupid decision. I thought he acted. I thought he acted well in this, though. I thought there were some scenes, specifically like the face-off with Rutger in the diner, where he was making some like these guys were making faces. They didn't have to say a word. You knew exactly what they were thinking. I thought they were a great foil. I thought they really played well off each other. I agree. I think a better. Not a better actor, because I mean, see, Tom's house pretty good. Just a different actor would have been better. And I also have a different actor in the recasting couch, but he definitely didn't ruin the movie for me. Very innocent, you know, and I think that's what they wanted for this part. But then again, is an innocent guy going to be doing a job like this? He did, His personality didn't match the job he was doing. Well, that's why I have a, the recast this a little Same with me. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, you're going like De Niro and fucking me. Anyway, all right. Um, So question. Um, Have you ever picked up a hitchhiker? Never. Never, Uh, ever, ever. No, 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 no. My parents taught me well. Yeah, That was a cop. 
don't, I don't think I ever have either. Um, and you've if hitchhiked, I, but you've never picked up. Oh, a hitchhiker. I've hitchhiked for sure. I've gotten into plenty of weird cars. Um, but which is just as dangerous, if not more dangerous. Oh, absolutely. Um, but if I did have a nice uh, middle class family and I did pick up a crazy, insane looking hitchhiker, I definitely wouldn't be like jump in the back with my two little fucking preteen kids and snuggle up. Oh. Jesus Christ. Okay. okay. Yeah. Bad decision. Bad decision after bad decision. After Absolutely. Bad decision. All right. Okay. Relieved, Jim continues on his journey until a station wagon carrying a family on vacation passes, and Jim is horrified to see that Ryder has hitched a ride with them. Jim attempts to signal the family, but ends up nearly totaling his car. When he finally catches up to the station wagon, Jim discovers the entire family has been horribly mutilated by Ryder. Hey, uh, Tony, first of all, Ryder works incredibly fast to kill that many people in that amount of time. And he is, he's a portal. He's, he's a time lord. That's right? the only explanation for this yes. guy. He gets ahead. <laughs> he gets behind. He catches up. He's all right. I, mm, I'm jumping in. I'm jumping ahead. It's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. When the fuck did he kill the cook? Why is there a finger in the fry later? How, when yeah. did that happen? No one that, even that saw him in, in the cook. restaurant. The finger isn't cooked. Right, but what I'm saying though is there's oh, obviously whose finger, the finger in the she cooked the fries. Yeah, yeah, no, she she cooked the fries, she put the plate of food together, she put it on the counter, and then she went in the back. Jim was so, still in the bathroom. So uh, Rucker Howard obviously came into the restaurant, placed the French fry the finger in the fries, and then skipped out. But again, how far ahead or lack behind was he? And also he knows exactly where he's gonna go. That was what bothered me the most about this movie. He always knew where he was at every single oh, time. Yeah. The theory behind that, I because I, I, I looked online, I'm like, all right, there's got to be some stupid theory. And everyone's like, he's a spirit. He is a, one of the ghostly a hitchhikers. Supernatural being. A yeah, supernatural that. being that hitchhiked, you know, was killed in there. And then he was like, he's this hitchhiking ghost. And he gets on. I, I'd buy that if they gave me that story. That wasn't the story. Right. It, right. it bothered me that I, I can't suspend my disbelief. Well, this I mean, man can be everywhere, all the time, everywhere. But yet, fucking Michael Myers can get shot ten times in the chest, fall out the window, and run away. I mean, this is yes. just another murder. He is a supernatural being. Movie. This is but supernatural. He is a supernatural being. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is Michael Myers of the desert. But they didn't play it that way. That's what bothered me. Anyway, um, moving on. Um, also, Sorry. can we also mention this is like bad decision number like three or four? <laughs> you know, like don't stop. You know what he said he did to the guy in the the Volkswagen. You yeah. see that car on the side of the road. You keep fucking driving. I wouldn't well, stop. Would another stop? problem. No. Another problem I have with Rucker Howard and all the kills is he's supposedly like dismembering bodies, but there's never any blood on him. Like you cut <laughs> off two arms, two legs, and a head, you're gonna have you're gonna be a mess. Yeah, if you're in the rain, okay, I'll let the first one go. But you slaughtered a family that there was literally gushing blood out the door. Yeah, you are going to get sprayed with arterial yeah. spray somewhere along the line. Yeah, he's going yeah. to be like, needing some changes he was of clothes. Far too clean. Unless <laughs> he is a spirit, which they. <laughs> yeah. But uh -huh. I do. So I love in the abandoned station um, where uh, John comes and he he's going to confront Jim, and he's not going to kill him. He never wants to kill him. He, this is never about killing Jim. Which is weird because he kills everybody else. I think in well, the beginning it was. It was. Yeah. Exactly. But then he realized he's so innocent and stupid, he could frame him <laughs> for everything he's done. Right. Which is where right. he goes with it. Which I actually dug that part of it. But at the same time, I'm, going, I'm so in the 2000s now. I'm like, all right, so you lost your wall. You have no identification. They'll find you somewhere. Stop. 
talk to the cops, they'll find out who you are eventually. Oh, there's there's a couple of instances where he can 100% clear his name just by he making doesn't. a different move, and we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, but John is going to walk right up to him and hand him the keys. And this is where we learn that this is now going to be a cat and mouse game. And he's now no longer hunting him, but he is going to destroy his life and make him miserable, basically. That's his new goal. And uh, I thought it was great. I was excited. And he walks out and Rucker Hauer is ultra charming in this scene. I'm rooting for him. He's fucking great. Jim is annoying. It's like, I just want Rucker to fuck with this kid now. Uh, this is bad decision number like 18. When he goes into this the service station, this is abandoned garage. He's walking through. It's you think you're gonna find a phone in there that works? Like, come on. What are you doing? Keep driving. Drive. Yep. Holy shit, Jim, you're a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The movie shifts into an elongated chase sequence, which finds Jim trying to flee Ryder, both on foot and in his car, to no avail. Wherever Jim runs, Ryder finds him. Jim repeatedly tries to find a working phone in some of the most abandoned-looking places and seems to make <laughs> weird choices, but okay. It seems that Ryder, impressed with Jim's show of bravery, but not unimpressed with him being really stupid, uh, has decided that Jim is the man who's finally going to put an end to his killing spree. He watches as Ryder gets into a truck as a hitcher again and disappears into a sandstorm. So this is the truck that ends up menacing Jim the rest of the movie, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. I love the scene where, um, again, we're at that gas station and he fucking lights the match after mowing down all the gas pumps. And it shows Jim in those little blue suede Nikes running through the gas in slow motion. <laughs> then he flips the gas down and this is an awesome explosion. It's fun. This movie never stops. It's so exciting. It's explosions and shootings and murders and it just, it never stops. I never, it never stopped for a second. See, if I listened to you, I'd be like, I can't wait to see this fucking movie. But then I, then I lived it and I'm like, this movie fucking dragged. I know where the scene's going to go. I know what's going to happen here. Let's just get to the scene. Let's get to the confrontation. Let's get it over with. Cause I'm bored with stupid decisions. Phantom, phantom toll booths. Everybody getting everywhere they need to be mistaken. I did more mistaken understandings than fucking three's company season four. For the love of God, it's just it's it's unreal how many no one knows what anyone else is talking about. Tony, the, Chrissy the, or the, Janet? Chrissy to fuck Janet to marry. I kill Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I I usually go the Burnett, but I think I would have to go Chrissy. See, but I, so but I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go Terry. Terry was the hot one. Yeah, I agree. I love Terry. Anyway, okay, moving on. <laughs> oh. Oh my God, you guys are killing me. Um, all right. Jim then finds Ryder at an abandoned gas station. Ryder knocks down the gas pumps with a pickup truck and then lights a match. Both cars drive off and the gas station explodes. Jim retreats to a roadside diner where he meets a pretty young waitress named Nash and calls the police. She then serves him a cheeseburger and fries. He eats them in solitude until discovering that one of the fries is a severed finger. Realizing that Ryder is nearby, Jim attempts to flee, but is stopped by the police who promptly place him under arrest, mistakenly thinking that he might be responsible for all the dead bodies that they're finding all over the place. At some point, Ryder pickpocketed Jim and placed his wallet at the scene of the murder and put a bloody knife in its place. Jim is taken to the local jail, booked, and placed into a cell. Um, these cops are morons. 
like, like last house on the left level stupid like just yeah. i really had a hard time with the cops in this movie because just <sighs> it's, dale. it's dale it's dale from fucking walking dead you yeah. should know better dale come on i'm disappointing you yeah. yeah it's just you know like i'm saying like he's saying the guy's in there now granted they think it's him because they've found his wallet and stuff. But he's saying the guy's in there. The guy's in there. And this poor girl's in there. It's like one of you detain him and the other one goes in and checks on the girl. Now, granted, she comes out and she's fine for now. Um, but would you just, it's just him and we're not going to go inside and check? Like, we're just going to arrest this dude and drive away? Okay. I still love the scene though. I love the scene. I can't let you in. The diner's not open, you know, but she's going to let him in. She's going to cook him the burger and the fries. He's going to clean himself up in the bathroom. And, you know, we're seeing his innocence melt away in this, which I also, I liked. I mean, I, he was pulling it off. I thought his acting was good. Um, what I, my problem with this scene. Okay. So it's the first time he's going to make a huge mistake at the diner. Well, you overlooked all the others. <laughs> okay, no, a mistake where he could have like exited the situation. Okay, so instead of just at, driving, you know, at the dinner, I mean, at the diner, what he should have done was he should not have called the police. He should have just bought a fucking bus ticket and left. That's it. But I didn't realize that they had his wallet. I forgot that they had found his wallet at the scene of the crime. Um. And of course he stepped in the blood and threw up next to the car. So he's just, he's like throwing up on the corpses and like cutting his finger and putting blood on all the doors. I mean, I'll just shoot a load on him for the DNA samples. <laughs> oh God. So when he throws up out the car, the way they've got the camera, I expect for him to sit back up and Rukahawa is in the seat next to him again. And it didn't yeah. happen. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, so there were times where I was expecting things to happen that it didn't happen. And I actually have to give the props because that was low hanging fruit. I was expecting that and it didn't happen. So I, I give them a, a thumbs up on that. Yeah. I like the young cop. I liked how zealous, overzealous he was, you know, putting his knee on his head and fucking it was just, it felt legit. I never thought it was good acting, you know? <laughs> All right. Moving on. Sometime later in the day, Jim awakens from a nice little nappy nap to find the police station eerily quiet and his cell door is suddenly open. Whoops, how do you think that happened? Uh, Jim slips out to discover the bodies of the three uh, policemen have been murdered. Jim panics and steals a gun because that's what you do when you panic and runs from the station house as five police cars arrive. Jim comes to a payphone and sees two cops pull up. Knowing that Ryder has framed him, Jim points his gun at them and takes the troopers hostage, which this, again, another bad... Another bad call, but doesn't okay. take either one of their weapons. It's just it's so stupid. Uh, forcing them to drive away from the scene, he forces the police officers to get him in touch with the captain while Jim pleads his case. The captain suggests that Jim's uh, suspects that Jim is telling the truth, and he asks Jim to come meet him. Jim agrees, but just as he does, Ryder pulls up alongside the car, killing the cops with a revolver, shooting out the radio, and driving away. Achoo. Perfect shots in yeah. two moving vehicles yeah. in the middle of a fucking desert. Oh, that's yeah. nothing. Wait exactly till he takes out the helicopter and uh, three <laughs> cars <laughs> with five shots. Oh, for the love of God. You still have yeah. one still magic bullet. <laughs> that's one um, magic loogie. <laughs> okay. So this police station. So this is where the real mistake is made. All Jim has to do, he goes out, he sees all the cops are dead. All Jim has to do is just go back into the cell. Go back to his cell. Shut lock the, the door. door. And lock it. And that's it. And then the police come. Everyone's been murdered. He's like, see, I fucking told you. 
been locked in here. The guy came, yeah. he killed everybody, and fucking came to the cell and said, ha ha, you guys can never catch me and left. Go get him. Yeah. He's going to fucking <laughs> grab End the, the gun. He's going to grab the gun that Rucker Howard planted in the dead cop's hand with no bullets in it, knowing that Jim would grab it. And uh, which I love because that callback is great in the diner. Yeah. That's great. Oh, that's that was good, good stuff. Okay. Uh, Tony, what do you got on this scene? <laughs> Everything we just said. It's a stupid <laughs> scene. I, I, again, knowing where, as soon as he, he leaned on the door, and he's, hello, hello. I'm like, he's fucked. All right. Another bad decision. Stay in the fucking cell. He didn't do it. Everything. He escapes a one room police house. He goes out a back door and no one, none of the five fucking police cars cover the back. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. Stupid, yeah. Your stupid yeah. script. All right. Eric Red, fuck you. You're a dumb writer. The right? dog, I've liked other things you've done, but this is stupid. The dog licking the blood off the back of the cop's neck. I thought that was kind yeah. of good. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. Everything is just, maybe I've seen it in other movies just done better. It's just, this is such, it's, it felt very amateur. The whole movie felt amateur. Outside the 15, the first 10 minutes, I'll give it. Everything else just felt fucking dumb until the end. I liked the ending in the sense, and, and I'll, I'll explain why when we get to it, but I liked, I liked the ending in the, in, as opposed to what it could have been. The ending is where I fucking took a whole point off the movie. Everything after her being ripped in half and then see how... Oh, no, that part. That scene yeah. is what I'm saying. Wait. That scene, I really enjoyed. Oh, oh, the... um, the uh, the When he spits in Rucker's face, we know what that is, right? Oh, you yeah. know what that is. And then Rucker wipes the spit off and, like, licks it and rubs it on his lips. All right, well, we'll I'm get like, ahead of ourselves. With oh, your, with your... God. <laughs> and then there's the cigarette outside after shooting his spit on his face. And then the, the look between them. I'm like... There it is, man. There oh, it boy. fucking is. And you know what's funny? From what I understand, um, Rucker Hauer was getting this vibe while they were acting this movie out. And the director was like, go with it. I mean, it wasn't written this way, but go with it. It's working. It's like, just let it be there. And uh, Yeah, I, I also find it interesting that, um, and I told Des this story earlier, but Rucker Hauer didn't want to come out of his trailer to do the scene with the truck and Jennifer Jason Lee, And... Right. Um, he said he didn't want to do it because once this scene happens, they're going to know I'm a bad guy. And it's like, I think they already know. But it's, well, he's it's, the one that actually came up with that scene. You know, he, the, the original script had him just hitting her with the truck. Right. Oh, wow. Killing her. So he's the one that said, no, let me put it. Which again, how I are you getting it. someone who's conscious in that position? Let me get you. Stay here. Keep your hands here. Let me tie you with this. He like, punched extra her in the face. He knocked cable. her out. He knocked but, her out. Yeah, right. even if she's locked, knocked out, to have to put her face up like this, you know, with the hands on the head and have a steel cable, what kind of strength does it. this man have? I do I too. I it. like the scene. But if you think logically, this isn't happening. So but again, cool, I like though. it better than just hitting her with the thing because taking his foot off the Oh, the clutch. The clutch it was so oh, it was good. A, it, was a, it was a good scene. Yeah. But again, getting to that point, surrounded by the cops and no one took a shot. They didn't figure out what to do, like shoot the tires, shoot something like no one. It was just it wasn't thought out. I There's appreciate no, it for what it was, but it wasn't thought out. I, I feel like once there once he's in that position with the girl, there's no there's nothing the cops could do. He lets go his clutch. It's that tight. 
his foot comes up because I drive a clutch. I have a fucking a standard, and that's it. So all me. those cars that are that are surrounded this truck, no one thought to smash two cars into the front it, of the truck no. and it would hold it in space, hold it in it, place. It wouldn't. By the time the car know. traveled, by the time the car traveled, the even if it was one foot away, all he has to do is move that truck six inches and she's ripped in half. I mean, he had it taut. <laughs> she was tight. It yeah, was not was. good. Okay, let's keep going. All right. Let's see here. Jim wanders across the desert, like you do, to a diner. (laughs) (laughs) I'm beginning to wonder if I was watching the doors, but that's okay. Uh, And he's confronted by Ryder. When Jim asks Ryder why he's pursuing him, Ryder only replies that Jim should know, then calmly reaches across the table and sticks two pennies over Jim's eyes, just like the ancient funeral rites performed on corpses so that their souls could pay Chiron to carry them across the sticks to the land of the dead. Jim is left terrified and alone with the pennies on his eyes, a handful of bullets and a rock that Ryder left him. Jim attempted to shoot Ryder, but only found out that that gun has no bullets. Cause as Des said, Ryder left the gun there for him. hundred percent. My favorite move, my favorite scene in the entire movie, except for the final scene where Jim and, um, where Jim and, um, John are in the cab of the truck talking uh, these are my two favorite scenes. And then, of course, the intro scene. So whenever these two are together talking, I'm loving this movie. And I love this scene. This is where Thomas C. Howell really shined for me. His hair is, like, huge. He's disheveled. He looks insane. His fa- He's making facial mannerisms. And Rucker Howard is mocking him. The gun is empty. Is it? Yeah, it is. And it's fucking, and he sticks his finger in the fucking gun and goes, bang! And, and you know, Jim panics. They just click, 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 click as he's leaning back in the fucking booth. And I just love this. I really, really like this scene. It's it's magic between the two of these guys. It's awesome. <laughs> Tony does not agree. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I, I, I have to say the two of them, when they interact, is when you is when the only time we get Rucker Howard doing anything. Anything he does is magic to me. So I loved his taunting of him. Yes. I wish it was opposite someone who could match him in the acting department. I don't feel C. C. Thomas Howell did it. I felt he acted like a scary kid. I know he's supposed to be a scary kid, but he acted like a fourth grader as opposed to someone who's like a man who's dealing with what he's dealt with so far. Um, So, I mean, I, I, I can't argue. Rucker Howard rules every scene he's in. I just feel he didn't have enough to do. Like, I almost want to, I, I, I hear it's no better, but I hear the remake, they at least give Sean Bean more to do. Yeah, I saw the movie. I didn't it was, see it. See I it, enjoyed so. it. I enjoyed it. Right. It wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. I like this one better. It wasn't um, as gay. I agree with you, Tony. It wasn't as gay. <laughs> I agree with you, Tony, though. I mean, more Rucker Howard wouldn't have hurt this movie. More, no, it would have been great. Yeah, more Rucker exposition wouldn't have hurt this movie. Um I wish he hadn't been just a uh, a tool, you know, to use yeah. a murder weapon, if you will. Yeah, I would have liked I would have liked seeing him setting up some of the the traps that he got for C. Thomas. I'd like to see him set up some of the situations he set up for him, even yeah. if it was in a flashback, even if it was in a when he grabs the gun, cut back to Rucker emptying the bullets and just putting it down. You know, like a quick scene to and give one of those smarmy power face that he has. Like, no, he's going to pick this up, stupid dick. Yeah. You know. I would just any anything that could give us more him would have made this movie a lot better. I wish we had seen 
at least one of the kills too. Like whether it be the police station kill, Rocker comes in, we get to see it all on, even on a, a security cam, whatever it is. Yeah. I wish we could have seen Rocker kill more. Oh, uh, I'm reading, reading the notes. Apparently there's like a good four or five scenes cut out of it where yeah. he kills other people. He kills a fan of the family. And there's like, he shows a decapitation in it. It's like, where's this, oh. where's this movie? Well, HBO That's... was the one that greenlighted this. And basically he read the script and said, we'll make it, but it can't be this violent yeah. or gory. You got to cut a lot of the gore out, which they did because they wanted to make great. the movie. Yeah. So, and like the final scene where Jim kills uh, John, that scene he was supposed to, and, and again, he's rubbing the barrel of the gun through his hair kind of like passionately. It's really strange. And even the cop at the end says, there's some weird shit going on between you two. I don't know what the fuck it is. He goes, I don't want to know what the fuck it is, but yeah. you and him have been doing naughty things. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, just because say the, the version that I watched was um I don't have a copy of it. <laughs> Shock, huh? Um <laughs> it was a full frame HBO like video copy of a videotape. Mm -hmm. It's the only copy I could find. So it's like it felt like watching on HBO in like nineteen eighty seven. That's cool. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. So, it was, so it made I was hoping it would add to the experience, but it just made me go, This is the cheapest movie. I used to like watching <laughs> Hitchhiker on HBO better than oh, I like yeah. watching this. Uh, yeah. But with that final scene, that final kill scene, um, the director wanted Thomas E. Howell to shoot him while he was laying down. And apparently mm. that gets you an X rating. He had to stand him up because they don't like... He had to you know, pose a threat. Right? Yeah, for whatever reason. They don't want yeah. you shooting a defenseless person, but you can, you know, murder uh, two children in the back of a station wagon. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So well, what were your thoughts? Uh, well, I was just going to say that you guys talking about the scenes that got cut, like you put those scenes back in there and it can become almost campy like Friday the 13th. Like, you know, like, you know, cause none of those kills look overly realistic, but they're fun, right. you know? Yeah. Um, this is a thriller, right? Like this is not really a horror movie to me. It's more of a thriller and it's almost like, hmm, I kind of wish now that you're talking about it, that those scenes were back in there and it was more that because I just think it would be a better, for me, it would be a better movie. But watching this as a young, younger person, like the first, cause I've seen this movie probably 50 times. I re this one really made an impression no. on me when I saw it in the eighties. I, I really, really liked this movie a lot. I probably saw it after Blade Runner. And if it wasn't Rutger Hauer, I don't think it would have resonated with me the way that it does. Um, but it just felt so hopeless. His situation felt so hopeless. And, you know, there's one second where one of the, the elder cops says, this kid ain't a killer. And I'm like, oh, finally, he's got somebody in the world that believes in him. Nope, that guy's going to be dog food in a half an hour. You know, and then you're like, oh, it's so hopeless, this kid. You know, you put yourself in his position and it's it's terrifying. But if you put yourself in a position, you have half a brain. You don't do all the things he does. That's what I kept thinking. Like that's in my and when I watch a movie and I'm like, if I love a movie, all right, I'm putting myself in the situation. He's who I'm relating to, whether it's McCready and the thing, whether it's even even one of the like Kevin Bacon Friday Thirteenth who's going to die. You put yourself in the position. What do you do here? And you look for would I do that? Most of the time it's going to be no. Right. Sometimes it's going to be yes. This was a movie I could say almost 100% no to everything he did. That to the point it bothered me that he was even existing, and I wanted him to be somebody else. 
you know what's so funny too? How didn't it really underscore how isolated you were um, back in the eighties? It's not like now. They're like, well, how can we prove who you are? He's like, uh, uh, I don't know. Call the car dealer place. They're like, nope, closed till Monday. Uh, call my brother. Nope, not answering. Now what? Not answering. Well, I guess I'm an alien from another planet because there's no way I can fucking prove who I am here. You know? Yeah, it was also interesting that the director said that he was trying to make the movie feel very claustrophobic, even though you're in these wide open spaces. And I think he did that. Like, I got to give him props. Like, it definitely feels like everything's closing in on you, even though he's in the middle of the desert, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And also the fact I liked that it was set in this small town sort of mentality where these cops were loose cannons, you know, you're, you kill one, you know, you killed my cousin, you know, like they all know each other. And the longer this movie goes on, the more personal it becomes and the higher the stakes become. And it basically gets to the point where Jim now can no longer turn himself in. They're looking to um, execute street justice on him. Oh yeah. When he's like, what you just spit on my wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Wipe, wipe it off. Like asking. For, all right. Yeah. I'll, oh yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll no, he, t- he reaches out and he's done and yeah. he's done anyway. He's going to kill him no matter what. If the girl doesn't get off the bus, he's killing him. That, yeah. That's I appreciated that scene for him. Like, cause I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't realize what was going to happen at first. I'm like, Oh, I get it. Now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to kill him. Yeah. Right. He was trying, he was looking for an excuse. And, and his partner's like, I ah, really shouldn't, but I mean, if you have to, fucking go ahead. Well, that's you know, what you got to do sometimes. Swing low, sweet chariot. His partner's like, I'm just going to look over here. Yeah. No, he wasn't even looking away. He was like, all right, go ahead. Oh, I know. All right. So Jim leaves the diner and sneaks onto a Greyhound bus. He then sees that Nash is also on the bus. He pulls Nash into the bus's bathroom and convinces her that he's innocent. I don't know why she believes him, but okay. Uh, yeah. Before the two connect, the police stop the bus and attempt to arrest Jim. The hot-tempered Trooper Hancock means to kill Jim because one of the policemen murdered by Ryder was his brother. Nash takes Jim's gun and pulls it out on the two officers, and she and Jim flee in a police car. Why would she do this? I don't know. They're chased by two more police cars, and Jim is forced to blow out their tires and cause them to collide with one another. I cannot believe that they were in this little fucking jalopy with the doors blown off, and they were able to flip two police cars. But okay, I the digress. one police, the second police car doesn't even have a fucking mechanical fucking situation. It just flips. Just flips. <laughs> then a police chopper arrives and starts taking pot shots at Jim. Ryder pulls up in the truck of doom and shoots the copper down before driving away. All right, guys, have at it because oh um, my god. Okay, so first of all, this scene is Mad Max. Like we're getting the same fucking shots. From the back of a car, zipping down the highway. Not as good, Tony. Not as good as Mad Max. I, was say, it was Mad I Max. am about to fucking quit this podcast. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. Smiting, okay. no. smiting the Road no. Warriors, taking this even remotely in the same sport. No, 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 no. The no. same universe. But that's what that's what they were going for visually. They were going. Off. They were ripping it off. They were going for those visuals. You know, the cameras down close to the road. You're gonna get the two cruisers coming over the fucking hill. You're gonna get that super accelerated feeling, you know, I mean, this is what he was going for. Obviously it wasn't as good. I mean, the road warrior, the second one in my top 10 favorite movies all time. And Mad Max, the first one, though it's not as good a movie as the second one. I like it better. Toe cutter. I mean, the fucking, the night rider. I mean, Oh man, I'm laying down the rubber road to freedom, baby. It's fucking good shit. Johnny, I mean, oh, we got to do that one. 
Um, if you ever watched that movie, there's a scene. Uh, so in Mad Max, just there was like it was the Wild West when you were doing these stunts. Have you ever seen the motorcycle rider getting hit in the back of the head with a motorcycle in the accident? It's, I mean, this guy had to, this guy had oh, to have broke his neck. I can't believe half the people didn't die in all three movies. Yes. Never yes. mind the, the new one, but it's like. Yeah, but mean, that first one, oh, that Jesus, first dude. one was like, oh, they're like, fuck, we got to kill someone. You up for it? He's like, ah, kill me. Go ahead. You know? Yeah. I filmed in fast. Australia. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll just do what you got to oh. do. No one around. Let's just do it. Out of those two, which, which do you prefer? Mad Max or the Road Warrior? See, I saw the Road Warrior. My dad took me to see the Road Warrior, so it's got more memories attached to it. Yeah. I appreciate Mad Max for, for creating the universe, giving him the reason with the, the wife and, and daughter. Fucking Toe Cutter. How do you not fucking love Toe yeah. Cutter? But yeah. it's like, come on. Wes, the, yeah. the, the the big tire fort, all of it. Everything in the Road, yeah. Warrior, is, Road Warrior is fucking gold. That it final is. that final chase, oh, classic. Oh, so good. So good. All right. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's got to be the Road <laughs> Warrior. But no disrespect to Mad Max. It's fucking no. badass. Goose I mean, and... Yeah. Oh, and hey, after oops. we leave, after we leave Thunderdome, forget it. We're done. And the third one sucks. I, but, I I did not like Thunderdome. I did not. Oh. See, after only after after Master Thunderdome Blaster. battle is over, dude. There's oh, no fucking cars. There's no fucking cars. Yeah. Once Look, once the battle in the Thunderdome is over, leave. it's over. I don't give a shit. I'm not watching the Road Warrior with no fucking roads or cars and fucking all yeah, set. What? Witness me. All right. <laughs> so good. So fucking good. Onion chrome, baby. All right. Yeah. The pair hide out in a roadside motel, but while Jim is taking a shower, Ryder breaks into the room and kidnaps Nash, dragging her to a truck stop parking lot where he ties her between a Mack truck and its trailer, threatening to tear her in half if he doesn't speak to Jim. The police, now convinced of Jim's, in Jim's innocence, enlist him to try to negotiate with Ryder. In the cab of the truck, Ryder demands that Jim shoot him. Jim refuses, saying that if he shoots Ryder, Ryder's foot's going to slip off the clutch and it's going to kill Nash anyway. Furious, Ryder insults Jim and then shifts both the clutch and the accelerator. The truck moves forward, killing Nash. Police swarm the truck and arrest both Ryder and, and Jim. This is a tough scene, Abby. I mean, it's like so cool because it's like a cool idea, but oh, I just, poor Nash. She didn't deserve what that. I, what I loved was in the hotel, we get the headlights shine in the room and you see that fucking John Ryder oh, yeah. standing in the room. And I'm like, oh, and then yeah. he's laying next to her, kind yes. of cradling her and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is so fucking good. Yeah. Um, the scene so, of him standing in the room is like, yeah. oh, it's, it gave me the two hella creeps. It's fucking great. So uh, John, Jim goes out looking for her and the cops grab and I'm like, oh, it's it. He's busted, you know? Nope. So- presumably this is again, where we get another really good character build on John Ryder. He has set this up and called the police to clear Jim's name. He's going to clear Jim's name. He played the game. He played cat and mouse. He lost. Now it's time. John Ryder is going to clear his name and he's going to force Jim to kill him, which is what he's wanted the whole time. He's going to also make Jim kill the girl because if he chooses to kill John Ryder, He's also choosing to kill Nash. Jim decides he's not up for it. He's not going to do it. So John makes the decision for him, lets his foot off the clutch, rips her in half. Um, but I thought this was all like really cool. I didn't expect it. And again, it just shows that this guy, John Ryder, had a lot of depth. This character 
had a lot of depth and it did kind of surprise me here and there as we were going through the movie, some of the choices he was making. This one I thought was really good. And I wish the movie had ended with, again, like I said, the kid spitting in his face and then them having that final look as Jim smoked a cigarette. And then I have an alternate ending because you know I write great <laughs> endings. I'll let you know. <laughs> Tony, what did you think of these uh, this this final kill scene? I liked it because, again, we got more interaction between the two. Um, John Ryder being awesome. Mark Ryder being amazing. Um, I just – I. I've I've worn cowboy boots for a long time. You could tie my feet up with them. You're always able to slip your foot out of a cowboy boot. Yes. And this rope was tied around the front the of the, the boot, not her leg. That has bothered me since I saw this still in Fangoria. And they explained what happened. I'm like, why didn't she just slide her foot out of the boot? All right, I'll give you the credit. Maybe it was really, really, really tight. Really okay, tight. Fine. It has to be like immensely tight steel cable because those weren't ropes those were steel cables how a human can knot a steel cable that holds up like ski lift that's what those were they were coiled cables how wow. he tied her up with those is bullshit sailors and done it's just it, it bugged everything about that scene bugged me as far as that goes the fact that there was no um while he's talking to him in the truck there's no SWAT team sneaking under the truck and Thank and, you. And, and putting putting blocks in between the tires, anything like that. I find it granted, Texas dumb as dumb as rocks. Sorry for listeners oh, in Texas, but come shit. on. No, come on. <laughs> They're coming they, for them now. <laughs> they have they have portrayed these cops as idiots. So I I will overlook that part of it. Um I just I didn't like it. Outside of the interaction in the cab, it is a really intense idea. I felt he got around. He, he snuck into a room with nobody noticing it. No noise. Fine, you're a spirit. He got her out of the room, called the cops, tied her with steel cables, and the cops surrounded this whole area. By the time Jim got out of the shower and got dressed, which only takes, I mean, I'm fat, so it takes me like maybe 10 minutes to do those things. So let's let's say he's slow and stubbed his toe. It may take 15 minutes. You heard the cops coming. He, he knows nothing. It, it can't happen. I couldn't <laughs> suspend my disbelief for the scene long enough to go, oh, that, that's, that's logical. Yeah, okay. You're thinking in, it's, it's an hour to set that up minimum. Oh, Knock around, minimum, get the horns. You got to get the keys to the truck. You got to <laughs> call the cops. They're all going to come. She literally told him, the waitress told him all the one time while, you know, G, G, Zeke got shot there. It took the cops 45 minutes to get yeah. there. Channel 5 is on the scene already. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Kyoga. Oh shit, <laughs> Liz Walker. Yeah, so it's uh, just I didn't I didn't buy it. I could I was already checked out by this point, just okay. waiting for it to end. So that's so me. let's not. All right, so the final scene, fucking Jim goes in. They've got Rucker Hauer in the fucking the jail. He can't see it through the glass, but he does because he's magical, and they make the eye contact and. And I know that's what the cop is referring to is they have this kind of like psychic weird thing going between them. It's like this bizarre thing. You know, Jim's going to spit in his face, whatever. So here's my ending. So this is where the movie ends. Rutger gets put into the back of the fucking bus to be taken off, presumably to court and then prison. They have the last look between them. And then it says San Diego, three years later, Jim's getting ready to go to work. He jumps in his car. And as he pulls away, you see Rutger Hauer sitting in a car watching him. 
We don't know how he got out of prison. Maybe he's escaped. We don't know. But all we know is he is now watching Jim. And this is all about to start again. And credits. <laughs> Tony, how would you build on that ending? I wouldn't end it there. I would basically say he's three years later. Let's go five years later. Okay, five years. Um, five years later, you know, he's he's getting out of therapy. He's doing his thing. Going to pick up the family for their um, for their vacation. And their families and the you know, kids are in the back, wife's in the sink. Love um, it. They're, they're heading out of the city. They're heading towards the desert. Hey, we're going to go to Las Vegas. And Love there's it. Rucker Howard standing on the side of the road, thumb out. Even better. Even better. They're driving on their vacation, right? And they're behind a car, station wagon, waving at the little kids in the back. And there's Rucker Howard in the back of the car, waving at them. Roll credits. <laughs> Huh? With the kids again. Yeah, I'll let it go. First movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll do what he says. <laughs> I just. But I'm, it, he's a he's he's a shape shifting time traveling. Sure, I'll go with anything. I like that ending a lot. I like that ending. The vacation with his own family, and we see the rucker out on the road again. He's following him, and he's about to murder another family. Perfect. All right, Dylan. But tell us how the real ending to this movie goes. It's not good. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm just going to jump over the police yeah. station because what's yes. the point? Yes. All right. We're going to crash all the way through to the ending now, so buckle up so you don't get pushed out of the car. Okay. The police cover Ryder in shackles and chains and place him in the back of a prison bus, escorted by multiple officers. As Jim is loaded into a police car to be taken to his family, he finally decides to murder Ryder. Like, why? Just go home. Jim steals Captain Estridge's gun and hijacks a squad car, chasing the prison bus. As Jim pulls up on it, the back doors fly open to reveal the entire police escort has been murdered and there is a bloody, still partially chained rider clutching a shotgun. He's the hobo Who's with driving? the shotgun. Who's driving? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the hobo with the shotgun. Uh, the van veers out of control. Ryder leaps off the back of the van and crashes through the window of the police car Jim is driving. Jim slams on the brake, throwing Ryder off. The sudden braking, though, causes a police car to stall and a bloody rider lifts himself from the highway, picks up the shotgun and begins firing on the police car. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Jim avoids the damage from the blast by lying sideways, repeatedly trying the ignition key. He eventually restarts the car and slams it into Ryder, throwing him off the side of the highway. Jim slips out of the car, picks up the still-loaded shotgun, gives Ryder's corpse a little <laughs> with the gun, a little soft touch. Mm. Satisfied that Ryder is dead, he turns around and heads back to the police car when, very predictably, he hears movement behind him. He stops, uh, and Jim is not surprised that Ryder is alive and standing up. He smiles at Jim and throws the shackles down at Jim's feet. Jim responds by emptying the remaining shotgun shells into Ryder's body, at last killing him, leaving Jim alone in the desert to light up a cigarette and watch the sunset. Whoa. Um, That's a tough one. <laughs> all right. This fucking ending blows. <laughs> this fucking little pussy is in the car with the sheriff, getting a ride back to his life. He's been exonerated. Everything's fine. Ryder's going to prison. He's going to pull the gun out. So now basically he's telling this cop, I've been in cahoots with Ryder the whole time. This is how we've been doing it. You know, I'm going to kill you or get away from you. And I'm going to go free him from the bus the way I've been doing it the whole time. So he's now basically saying, I am his sidekick. I have been responsible for everything. And <laughs> it just makes no sense. And it then how did Ryder sense. get free? He's handcuffed. He's in a cage in the back of a bus with like six guys armed with super shotguns. This oh, but they were the playing cards, so that's obviously why. 
Oh God, this fucking ending <sighs> sucks. Like, did they take like five hits of acid and drink a bottle of tequila and write this? It doesn't work. Tony. Please. I got nothing. It's terrible. I, it's I hate terrible it. ending. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was the cherry on top to an already shooting movie. Oh, so apparently Rucker was doing a lot of his own stunts. And he did the stunt where he goes through the windshield and he knocked out his front teeth doing that. Yep. Yeah. All right. Are we done? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I, was, I was really hoping to be like a, the fastest podcast to be done. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was an hour. It was lean and mean. Um, all right, let's go to the recasting couch. I actually had one, but I came up with another one while we were talking about the movie. So, right, what was your original first? Okay, so I'm replacing Thomas uh, C. Thomas Howell, and I had two. It was either going to be Robert Downey Jr. from the Less Than Zero era, or it was going to be Eric Stoltz. If you wanted to do like, Ooh. like, yeah, I mean, hmm. it works. If in you wanted that... to get some indie credit, there you go. Yes, like yes, that. that's actually but, a good one. I think who I want to put up against Rutger Hauer here, don't, someone don't that can mine. hold his own, don't Sean Penn from Bad right. Boys. Sean Penn from oh. Bad Boys, right? Like he's not quite tough enough to take him, but I buy it. I think he would actually. I think he would take him out. Sean Penn's too badass. No, In not the, no, the, no. Bad of Boys the, era. The bad Boy era. The Bad Boy era. Totally. <laughs> He's badass. He, dude, give him a give him a pillowcase for Pepsi. He's fucking you up. He is. Are you kidding he me? Is. Rutger Hauer has no chance against Sean right. Penn with a pillowcase. Is that one you want to do too? Bad Boys, would you do that? I would do that. I love that movie. Love, it's a great movie. That. Oh, it's so good. Okay, uh, well, go ahead, Tony. Tell us uh, what you got. I I had um, Happy Harry Hardon, Christian Slater from the fucking Pump Up the Volume era. Oh, shit. I okay. had him. Because he, he's got a little bit of an edge to him. Yeah. He would be a little smarter. He's a little more of a wise-ass. He could hold his own verbally sparring back and forth with him. And I think once he's cornered, he's shown in other roles, Heather's minimum, Heathers. Heathers. that he could hold his own physically against someone like that. I would like to see Christian Slater take, take on I love it. Hour. I absolutely love it. And I know Mickey loves it. She, she, doesn't have, she doesn't even have to be here. I know she loves that recast. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, uh, I like what that about, too. What about a, uh, like a 18-year-old Corey Feldman? <laughs> no, thank Joking. you. No. Or Corey Haim. Like, come on, Ruckle, let's smoke some crack. All right, Dylan, what do you got? It would well, be a license to drive three. Don't right? license to drive across <laughs> Arizona. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, oh, pick up my girlfriend, <laughs> Mercedes. She's in the trunk, dead. Oh my God! When the, now it's a cross between Jawbreaker and oh God. Drive. Um, so my first recast is I'm recasting all of the police with the Keystone Cops because oh my fucking God! <laughs> Are you kidding me? When you told me? me that, I said replace them with stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um. And I am going to be an iconoclast. I am going to recast Rucker Hauer. Oh, I know God, I shouldn't, I, but I'm I going did. to. Stick with me here. Christopher Walken. Young that's Christopher just the, that's Walken. Just, that's just the prophecy. No, He's already stop. done a desert movie. <laughs> that's not going to work. Have you seen the prophecy? That's not going to work. Prophecy is a great movie. Uh, no. He's not feeling me. It's not not yes. telling you. Christopher Walken is not. He's the come oh, on. Should shoot me in the head. Uh. Yeah, in the head. I, uh, put put your, no uh, in the gun. Put your, <laughs> I love it. 
I think it's creepy. <laughs> oh, he's totally no, creepy. Yeah, not pulling that oh. off. All right. Put well, your, I think so. Uh, put your put your uh, your your penis in my in my head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, shit, that doesn't work Re- at all. Rewatch score. <laughs> yeah, rewatch score. Tony's like, please. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So if it wasn't for that crazy ending, uh, I would give this four point four five rewatches. But that ending is fucking hot trash. So for me, that knocks off at least a point. I'm going to go 3.29 for this, which I still think is maybe a little high, but Rucker Howard fucking rocks it. 3.29. Tony, what do you got? Rucker Howard is the only reason to watch this movie, and I'm going to give it a 1.4. What? What? The story was weak at best. Oh, the man. acting was complete shit except for Rucker Hauer. The logic was thrown out the window. It oh, was. Shit. It looked like an 80s soap opera. Oh, it, aside from the first 10 minutes, the re- it wasn't a good movie. Oh, God. It was, it, I'm not ever going to rewatch it. I'm not going to say, hey, you know what we should watch tonight? And put it on even as a joke. I'm not going to focus. There's other movies that are worse than this that make me laugh harder. So I wish I had gone higher. any kind of rewind. I wish no, I had I had, take, I had to take your score down. <laughs> oh, I wish I had gone it's, it's going now. down even further because oh, I no. hate this movie. Oh god, I hate this movie. It's only okay. getting the points that it's getting for Rucker Hauer and for Jennifer Jason Lee. I thought that she oh, yeah. did the best she could with what she had. Uh, I'm going to give it a 1.78. Ooh, wow, <sighs> that's tough. This is going to come in in the basement. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, Jalen. All right. Tell us where. Actually, not too bad. Your number, your number kicked it up quite a bit. I hope it at least is below um, Neighbors. It is. Oh, thank God. <laughs> neighbors is moving up. It's uh, it's number 53, which oh, no. is... Uh, Today was our 70th show. Okay. Well, so you ha- we have some that are um, ties. So okay, we have yeah. 56 uh, total movies. So this is number 53. It's only better than Streets of Fire... Staying Alive Which, and Strange Days. There is no way this is better than Staying Alive or <laughs> Strange alive Days. Sucks. Okay, no, this is this is way better than Strange Days. Way better than Strange Days. It is. It is. I know. It is way better than what's, Strange Days. I'm agreeing. And it's also way better than Streets of Fire. It what's it, what are the three that are above it? What are uh, the just Fifth miss? Element, Scrooged, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and Neighbors. Those are all better. Fifth element should be way higher than that. But anyway, I, I totally agree. Dad fucking bombed it. I, don't, don't I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't, she's like Jaja Binks. I can't. I can't. I couldn't. That was a, that she's, was a she's zero. A, she's a fucking hot Jaja Binks now. That was almost a zero. <laughs> that that movie was almost a zero for me. Zero. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. Well, you basemented that movie on us. So this one goes down to the basement as well. Sorry, kid. But Staying Alive, man, you guys unjust. Staying Alive is that, so bad. That movie At least awesome. give me Saturday Night, Night Fever. I'll give you a better, better score for that one. That was way better than Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. Hey, Jackie! <laughs> my hair. It's my hair. Yeah, don't touch my hair. It's so bad. It's I love that every Christmas he's yes. coming back with, like, he makes fun of his iconic movies. Like, I'll... I'll I'll give Travolta credit. He is he knows how to make fun of himself pretty well. I love Travolta. Man, anyway. he was fucking he was red hot and staying alive, man. Woo! That <laughs> perfect around the same time with Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. Yes. Oh, yeah, I just watched that. Mid 80s crap. <laughs> I just watched that the other day, man. What a piece of shit. Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. 
All right. Well, I think we done did it, kids. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next week we will be back on another dysfunctional date night with Tony 2.0 and his lovely wife, Maggie. Um, we had our breaking vinyl Christmas party, uh, where I revealed a story and it will be up to you to decide (laughs) if it was a Christmas miracle or a sexual assault. So go over and check that out. It was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Until next time, I just have one question for you, and I have changed a tagline. Why the fuck are you still listening to this podcast? <laughs> uh, see you next time. See yeah. ya.